0: Hello, and welcome back to When I Grow Up. Today, I'm sitting here with Kevin Stanfield. You might know Kevin from CTV Morning Live, where you can see him on air five mornings a week, telling you all you need to know about the weather. What makes Kevin's story interesting are the twists and turns he took. He worked in everything from radio to traffic reporting to play-by-play commentary. Last March, Kevin finished his meteorologist certification from Mississippi State University. I've got a ton of questions for you, Mr. Kevin, so why don't we get started?
1: Well, let's do that. Thanks for having me.
0: So, Mr. Kevin, I heard that you are originally from Whitby, Ontario, and I know the story about how you got started in broadcasting, but it's really quite funny, so why don't you tell our viewers?
1: Yeah, I was going through what you might call the victory lap of high school, and I was working at a Michael's craft store as a cashier, and this little old lady came through the line, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And she said, you have a nice voice. You should be on the radio. And I remember slapping my hand off the counter and saying, okay, I'll do that then.
0: What was your first job in broadcasting?
1: My first job in broadcasting was as a news reporter in a town called Smithers, British Columbia, which is about three and a half hours to the northwest of Prince George, the biggest city along that northern corridor. And I didn't like it very much. News news wasn't my forte. It took about 10 months to realize that, and then I moved on.
0: What do you think is the most challenging part of being a meteorologist?
1: The most challenging part of being a meteorologist is knowing that sometimes you are going to be wrong and that's okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Especially in Calgary where the weather can change a lot. Oh my um,
0: goodness. Can- yeah.
1: Canada or on a Chinook day. I mean, I've been off by as much as three or four degrees, wow. but that happens and, mm-hmm. and that's that's okay, especially in this kind of climate.
0: Yeah. Um, what's the best part of being a meteorologist?
1: Weather in the classroom. It's a program that David Spence, I believe, started a long time ago. And so I go and chat with grade five classes, usually 25 or so uh, over the course of a school year. And I just do a presentation about the weather and teach them all sorts of interesting things they didn't know before. And they usually have a really fun time. So do I.
0: Yeah. Um, do you find moving around difficult? Because I know when you're in news and stuff, you have to move around a lot.
1: You get used to it. Uh, I was one of a group of seven gentlemen, and I was the only one that left Whitby by more than an hour. All of my friends are still very close to home in their homebodies. They're near their parents. And at first, you miss your family, and then you realize they're a phone call away. And that makes it a lot easier Um, dating someone someone else who's in the industry, Courtney, as you know. uh, That would have made things more complicated, but we have a good thing going in Calgary. So I think we're staying put.
0: Yeah what other jobs can you do with a meteorology degree
1: there are several uh, one of the interesting ones that I've been looking into just as just for fun is industrial meteorologist and wow. there's also commercial meteorology so industrial meteorologists are people that might work for an oil company and their oh. job and their job is making sure severe weather isn't going to impact operations when it comes to commercial meteorology and like prognostic meteorology on a long frame a fancy way of saying, their job is to make sure the weather is going to be adaptable for certain variances of like a crop that grows in Cuba, which is, it's, it's, it's fascinating. So how many people are going to buy into a banana stock may depend on a meteorologist saying, Hey, it's going to be a great year for bananas. Yeah. Which is something that seems so out there and kind of silly, but totally makes a difference.
0: Huh? How long do you think it'll be before humans are on Mars?
1: (laughs) Oh, Wow. Um, with everything that Elon Musk is trying to do, and hopefully more billionaires take after Elon's example, uh, I would imagine that humans will have a sustainable colony on Mars within the next hundred years. Maybe within your lifetime. Yeah. Maybe not within mine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, um, is being like a weatherman um, more math or science?
1: Science. Science. There is a lot of math that goes into it, but for the most part, the applied math that's needed is done by computers. They do these massive formulas, and there are many of these computers all over the globe. They're the size oh, of a wow. school bus. They're, they're tremendous. Really? Well, they have to be. I'll get really scientific here. Think about it this way. If a model, computer model for, for weather, has a 10 kilometer resolution, that means if you took a sheet of grid paper. And every single place that those lines intersected represented a 10 kilometer distance. Every one of those lines is 10 kilometers. The computer figures out through one formula or many formulas what the weather is going to be all the way across the country for every 10 kilometers
0: horizontally and
1: vertically and then vertically into the atmosphere as well, all the way up the atmosphere. It often figures it out as well. So yeah, it's a lot of science. It's a lot of just figuring out what works and what doesn't. Yeah. More than anything, and because some models, especially for Calgary, they know how much snow is coming. They have no idea what the wind is going to look like, or they have no idea how to account for what a Chinook wind is going to do to our temperature. That's where you can be wrong, because it, the model says four degrees. Well, no, westerly winds at 30 kilometers per hour, and now it's eight. Mm-hmm. Easy peasy. I know that now, but at first I didn't.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a question that I'm sure most people are curious about. How do you decide what the weather is? Like, do you just estimate it, or can you actually figure out what the exact temperature is?
1: Well, I sort of answered that just there uh, yeah. with, with the last one, but but there is more to it. Um, when it comes to the exact temperature, it's a good day when you get it, and it's a great week when you get it every single day in the week. But as far as the exact goes, especially in a city like Calgary, where a little bit of westerly wind makes a massive difference, it is tricky. Um, it's never guesswork, though. Yeah. The only time it considers or I consider it to be guesswork is if the wind is going to be 20 kilometers per hour. What, what you need to then know is what the temperature of the wind is because I've seen it and it happened this week, the week that we're recording this, I should say, where we had 20 kilometer per hour wind out of the west and the temperature was two degrees and then the wind stopped and it immediately dropped to zero. Oh,
0: wow.
1: So if that variance is considered, well, the high for the day is based on that two degree marker, but that wind was a half hour long. So yeah. you can be wrong and that's okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, how long does it take to figure out what the weather is going to be?
1: I can put a forecast together for Calgary in roughly fifteen minutes if the weather's complicated. If the weather looks like it's a relatively easy pattern, high pressure over us, more like five to ten.
0: Oh wow! Yep. Um, are there any seasons that are easier or harder to forecast?
1: Great question. The hardest season to forecast for Calgary is probably the summer or late fall. Uh, as far as the easiest is concerned. Maybe early spring. And the reason uh, late fall or and, and summer become an issue is the storms. Just making sure you're getting a good handle on the storms, the storm positions, because especially yeah. when they roll off the foothills, I mean, that, that can create pole storms. That's a complicated storm to yeah. predict the exact location of, but we do our best.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel when people recognize you?
1: It's very flattering. I love it. Um, 95% of the time. Uh, but uh, no that 95% of the time they're recognizing you and my modality toward it is without them I don't have a job yeah. so I'm more than happy to spend you know give them the time they deserve because it's a cool moment for everyone involved it's nice to know that I'm not just staring at a camera it's nice to know someone's watching you know yeah it's
0: cool um what time do you wake up in the morning
1: depends on the m- the previous evening um but usually 3 Sometimes oh as, as late as 3.50. 3.50 is the absolute cutoff.
0: Wow. Yeah. What time do you go to sleep usually?
1: 9 o'clock. Wow. So 6 hours of sleep. And then on weekends, somehow I sleep for 10 hours sometimes. <laughs> Can't imagine how that happened.
0: Um, so, Mr. Kevin, all of my podcasts end with a speed round of questions so our listeners get to know you a little better. Perfect. I'm going to ask you questions and you can just blurt out whatever comes to mind. <clears throat> I think I'm ready. Okay. What do you order from McDonald's?
1: It used to be a Big Mac, no cheese. Now it's large fries and a large Coke. Oh.
0: Why did you change it?
1: Because I just decided to adapt a plant-based lifestyle.
0: Oh. As
1: of January 1st, I'm going to go 365 days of plant-based. So I've been to McDonald's since then, and I just get a large fry and a large Coke. How's it going? Really well. Sometimes it's it's tough. It's tempting at moments where I'm like, hmm, whatever that is looks good, but I know it's made of meat, so I don't go for it.
0: <laughs> what's your favorite holiday?
1: Christmas for well, the feeling.
0: Oh, the feeling yeah.
1: and, and the feeling in the family, especially now that I have kids.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what's a country you wish to visit?
1: The Balkans. I'm gonna say so. Uh, just that that beautiful section near Cyprus, uh, even Greece or Italy. I'd love to go to.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, if you were not a weatherman, what would you be?
1: Paleontologist. That was the one that I really oh, wanted to be yeah. when I was a kid. I, I would love to go and do archaeological digs, but for dinosaur bones.
0: Uh-huh. Big time. That's cool. Um, what makes you smile the most? G-
1: going to be campy and say my kids, uh, but a really good comedy routine goes a long way.
0: Yeah. What's your favorite movie?
1: Based on the fact that I was chatting about it a lot today, I'm going to say either the Lord of the Rings movies or... Or Gladiator. Russell Crowe oh. was amazing in Gladiator.
0: Um, who inspires you?
1: Robin Williams. May he rest in peace. Uh, a young Jim Carrey did as well. People that strove at all costs to make people happy.
0: Yeah. Um, what's your favorite word? Facetious. Oh.
1: it it, what does it, mean? it means to joke around, to have a little bit of a devil may care attitude. And it's one of the only words in the English language where all the vowels line up. A-E-I-O-U, in proper order, facetious.
0: Oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> um, if you could live in any part of time, what would it be?
1: This one. I like where we're at. Um, I mean, it might be because of familiarity. So to change it, I'd say medieval times.
0: Oh, just go yeah. S- just
1: go straight back to, to 1200 or so.
0: Wow, yeah.
1: In England. So we're mm-hmm. clear.
0: Do you have any hidden talents?
1: Oh, wow. Do I have any hidden talents? No. Oh. I don't. I, I, honest to goodness, do I? Do, what is my hidden talent? Cordy might know. Oh, I apologize. Of course I know it. I do a lot of voices. I'm very good at accents, and I do a, a, quite a few impressions.
0: Can you do one for us now?
1: Oh, for instance, I just I'll just break into an accent for no apparent <laughs> reason, but then all of a sudden they will change the accent, and you will say, "Oh, how did he do that so quickly?" On one time, for I was in high school, I had to play Sigmund Freud <laughs> on a play, and therefore I learned the German accent. It was one of the first ones I learned.
0: Oh my goodness! That's there you awesome! Go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, what's your favorite ice cream?
1: Chocolate. I'm very plain, plain Jane, but chocolate or cookie yeah. dough. Yeah. Chocolate chip, chip cookie does, does pretty thing. darn good.
0: Yeah. Um, if you could switch lives with someone for a day, who would it be?
1: Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid. Oh, yeah. I would take Connor McDavid just to see the work ethic that goes into what he does. Plus, it'd be neat to skate at 40 miles per hour. Yeah. For a day.
0: Yeah, that would be really That cool. never again.
1: It sounds scary. Yeah.
0: Um. What's one thing you can't live without?
1: Courtney. Courtney. Yeah. I know that's a campy answer. But no, I would say, <clears throat> I'll say, how about, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna amend the answer. First answer is going to be Courtney, but if we have to pick something inanimate, I'm going to say my e-reader.
0: Oh. I very like much books? like
1: the books. Oh, so yeah.
0: What's your favorite book?
1: Favorite book? Uh, I mean, I'm going to jump back to the Lord of the Rings trilogy, but getting away from that, Needful Things by Stephen King. He was a yeah. real spine chiller when I was younger.
0: Um, where do you see yourself in 10 years?
1: Ideally still as a meteorologist uh, and hopefully continuing on the same path that I am. Trust takes time. I hope to be trusted even yeah. more by then.
0: And last but not least, when you were 12, what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: I wanted to be a paleontologist or a marine biologist.
0: Oh.
1: One of those two. I love swimming. I'm still a fish. Yeah. Um, and So I, yeah, marine biology would have been fun just... Diving down in the reefs.
0: Mm -hmm. Thanks so much, Mr. Kevin, for joining me and being such an entertaining guest. It's what I do. (laughs) And to all our listeners, thanks so much for tuning in. And I hope this helps you decide what you want to be when you grow up.